Welcome to Queen Flow, the podcast. This is your host, Jocelyn Kelly Reed. On this show, you can expect to learn about calling in big money, the feminine way, business, spirituality, witchy stuff, and everything else you need to know about being a turned on woman of wealth. It's fun. It's fiery. It's unfiltered. Hello, Angel. Welcome back to the show. Wow. This is our hundredth episode. 100. This is your reminder, like whatever you want to do, whatever you want to create, perhaps you want to show. I literally remember the day that I put my show on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, Queen Flo is here. I distinctly, distinctly remember it. It was in 2021 and it was either March or May. And I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And I remember seeing people, you know, who had shows, they'd had them for years. They had hundreds of episodes, whatever it was. And I was like, wow, like it just seemed like so many. And it's just so cool to be here now. And I think about like the number of hours, the number of listeners, the impact, like all the different things that have just come from me showing up for the show with honestly so much love. It's like the easiest thing in the world. I actually love it and love connecting with you this way and, and having this vibe. I remember one of my private clients said that she loved my show because it felt like just listening to me in my living room or like, it felt like you were just like hanging out with me in my living room. And I totally have like always loved that vibe versus the vibe of being like, you know, so produced, so manicured, so all the things that it it just like, it kind of like can lose intimacy. And I think you guys know what I mean by that, because there's such a different, there's such a range of styles of shows. And I always want my brand and my show to have this level of intimacy, even though, you know, obviously there are so many of you listening, which is just so cool and thousands in the field at all times across all the different channels. And I'm just so grateful, but I love that we still get to have this like, you know, vibe, like we're just hanging out. So anyway, really important episode. I think it's so cool too, that for my hundredth episode, I'm actually bringing on my accountant, Christy. Ooh, girl, prepare your earbuds. This conversation is going to blow your mind. And one of the things that I'm committed to in my business is really removing is the word is the word opaqueness. You know what I mean? Like basically what I've noticed is there's not very much transparency as women are making a lot of money in this industry around what we're actually doing with our money and how we're managing our money in order to preserve it and to grow wealth. And this is really important. And it's obviously really important to me being someone who takes a strong stand for women and money And not only, you know, calling it into our businesses, receiving it energetically, like doing the things in the practical, but then very much of the 3D part of increasing our knowledge with money. And I am not a financial advisor, as you know, I am not an accountant, but I'm always happy to share what I'm doing. And in this case, who I work with, Christy, because she's absolutely changed the game for me. I was literally paying more in taxes my first year in business when I made $300,000. Maybe it was like three thirty. dollars It was around three hundred. dollars Then I did last year when I made nine hundred, dollars And now we've just $900,000. And then now we've just been really working diligently behind the scenes to optimize my taxes as much as possible, always doing legal things, but and to also help me build what we call tax-free wealth. Where doesn't mean I pay zero, although lots of people can get themselves to places of paying zero, but 
that can be kind of complex. But anyways, of just really exposing me to so many different types of investment opportunities beyond just like, you know, the usual deductions. And then also Christy's knowledge of tax code is just outrageous. Like there's the things that most CPAs will tell you. Like she literally, the way that we invest in mentorship, she invests in her tax education and just finding like all the quote, like legal loopholes and like all of these different things to to help you keep your money in the fucking bank that you made. Right. And I know that like we have our different belief systems around taxes, et cetera, et cetera. And one area I just want to open your mind. And I feel particularly sensitive to this being in the United States is that, so we want to do good, right? I'm, and we all love that. That's so much of like why we do what we do. Like we're just those kind of people. You know what I mean? However, you have to understand where most of your money is actually going, (laughs) when you pay taxes and it's not to like where you exactly would love for it to go. And I'm someone like, I want to live somewhere safe. I love that there's beautiful roads. I love that I live in a clean neighborhood, like all of these different things. Like I recognize that we need to like contribute in order to have these certain standards of living. However, the tax rates in the United States are like outrageous and I live in New York. And so it's even more so, and there's no free healthcare our public education system is shit. Like it costs an enormous amount to go to school. It costs an enormous amount of money to live here. I'm like, what exactly are you guys doing with the money? They're not doing very much for the people. And if you know anything about me, I am a Netflix nerd and I watch so many documentaries, so many documentaries around powerful people and money. And the level of like white collar corruption in this in this country is outrageous. Like Honestly, it does not really feel like at times that we operate that differently than like a third world country when it comes to financial corruption. It just looks better. You know what I mean? And like so much of the money is just actually like supporting the tip top. And I don't mean people making a few million dollars. Like I'm talking about like the people who are like the puppet masters of the planet. You know what I mean? So I don't feel bad at all about like optimizing my taxes and what I prefer to do. And also you guys know, I'm sure you've heard all all these billionaires aren't paying taxes, all these corporations, like all of these things. And the government still receives so much money and mismanages so much money. Like, I think that we need to not like, sometimes you have to recognize like what's programming and what's like, okay, yeah, this is where I want to put my money. You know what I mean? Because your money is being extraordinarily mismanaged by the government and basically like fueling fucking wars. So, and the pharmaceutical industry. So do you know what I mean? Is that what you really intended? I don't think so. And where we put our money speaks. Um, And so I personally prefer to give it directly to the places that I'd like it to go when it comes to doing good. And either way, regardless of our moral discussion around taxes and how much you pay, what's most important is that you actually have financial control, right? Like what I'm not into is this vibe of like you have, you hire the CPA and their job is just to like tell you what fucking cut to check to cut to the IRS. Like it's ridiculous. You can't build wealth like this. You actually need someone who's very involved in your finances and your business. Like Christy and I have a quarterly meeting We are looking at my taxable income for my business. We are looking at my taxable income on a personal level and then making moves to optimize in both spaces continuously. So I have learned the lesson and I'm learning the final lesson this year. Like a lot of times, a lot of it's getting done at the end of the year, which has been like what's happening now. I don't recommend that because it's a bit stressful. And then I end up like moving tons of money into all these different investments, which is good, but 
it's like, I'd rather just be, I'm going to start doing this more spread out over the year. I am someone who does want my taxable income as low as possible. And then I prefer to put it in places that are also going to make me money over time. Um, so Christy's just been so phenomenal at helping me do that, introducing me to people I wouldn't have known otherwise. So I can get involved in like different funds and private equity opportunities and all of these different things that like, you don't just like Google and find out about, you know what I mean? Like it's very much of a relationship game. So it's been really fun for me to also look to diversify and, and truly start to build my wealth. And I don't mean cash, right? I mean like actual investments. And this is something that's so important to understand too. No one's getting rich with their cash in the bank. And I feel like in this earlier in your business, you're like, oh my God, I'm receiving money. I'm receiving money. And you're like, I have more in the bank than I've ever had. Yay life. But then it's like, you have to understand that if you want to actually build wealth, you're going to have to be investing yes, into your mentorship, but also outside of that. So for me right now, right, I'm totally fine to have a lot of my wealth and assets that are making me money over time because I don't want just this business to be the only place that's generating income. So I want to be diversified, right? And so my coaching business, yes, generates the cash that I then go put in other places, no matter whether it's different things I'm doing in the stock market or, you know, I've invested in an energy fund last year that gave me, and I'm going to clear this up right now because I misspoke to it in the episode, but basically like I put a hundred thousand dollars into this energy fund and it gave me a dollar for dollar tax deduction that year off my business income. So that fund is basically owned by my business. So off my business income, and that is incredibly helpful because you can imagine where my taxable income was. And so this is off of taxable income, not gross, right? So after all the deductions, after all the things, after we've done every single thing we can do, like everything, what's left. And it's like, hey, let's address that. And that was one of the things I had to do other things as well. But anyway, what was exciting about that is like, so I get the dollar for dollar tax deduction. However, it didn't all basically like vest or get deployed that year because one of the companies they were going to have to put money into, they decided not to um, because they felt that it wasn't going to be good for the investors and yield the appropriate income over time. So what ended up happening is I got like a, what was it? I got like a 70K deduction uh, for last year. And then the the rest of it like rolled over. So basically, wait, I'm getting so confused because I've been dealing with last year's taxes and this year, like at the same time, like so many things have been happening. But anyway, you get the point, right? So it got split up a little bit over two years, basically a 70-30 split instead of 100% into one year. So it's fine. I still get it. But I was like a little confused about that. In the episode, I thought there was like a dollar for dollar that year and then another additional the following year. And that's not true. It was like I put in 100K. I basically get to deduct 100K off my taxable income for that year. Didn't all pan out for that year. So it got split up over two years, 70-30. Anyways, you get the point. So I just wanted to make sure that was very clear. There's just been like, and that's just like one thing that I've done. There's literally been so many. There are so many. And I've honestly been even learning more, even because obviously the most simple thing that most people know about is that you can have a 401k through your business. Um, so I feel like this one is more commonly known, but what isn't as commonly known um, is like if you don't have employees, what is the, like, there's different rules if you have employees or not. Like I don't have any full-time employees. I only have contractors. So like my 401k is basically like goes towards me. Like there's nobody else. You know what I mean? 
So it's like there's a limit that you're allowed to invest there. But then there's also like a profit sharing option, which is up to 25% of your salary that's on your W-2. So that's really cool because this gets also deducted off your business. And then you're also able to do like a, basically it's like a defined benefit plan, like through your 401k. Um, It's called like cash balance. And I don't recall the percentage that you're allowed to put in there, but basically if you do start to do it, you have to commit to that for three to five years because also um, that reduces your taxes as well. And so I will say with these like 401k options, it doesn't eliminate taxes. It basically like it, from my understanding, like, because with a 401k, you would be paying taxes like in the future when you use the money. But for me, it would be like, okay, I'll just find a way to offset it then. Whereas like it's, it's, whereas like, um, like it's one thing to defer your taxes and then it's another thing to eliminate them. Right. So I'm still going to take a deferral strategy if there's no other option, but I'm always going to look to eliminate first. So I need to reduce my taxable income substantially by the amount of money that I make. So I'm going to maximize even that option. Um, and then there's like an, actually a backdoor Roth and that you don't get, you don't get to, I mean, that one's kind of interesting because you don't pay taxes later, but you also don't get a deduction now. That's an option too. That's just like for building wealth, but that's kind of separate. But anyway, right. So those are some like basic stock market things. So, you know, that I look at, but then also I've looked at like short-term rentals. I've looked at energy funds. I've looked at all sorts of different other things. Like, and then once, um, my cash stocks even more. There's like some other options for like different entities to start through my business to to like deploy money through those. And like, there's just, it goes on and on and on. Basically the more money you make, the more options you have. Um, And what I've just found in this game is just how important it is to be well-connected. And Christy is someone who moves a lot of money herself and actually like leverages the strategies that, you know, she shares. And I want to say too, like my business, like you might have, um, for different types of businesses can do different types of things. Like even buying an electric vehicle, there's all these like tax benefits. Like I don't need a car, so I didn't look into it. And like, you know, adding solar to your home or like there's different solar investments. Like it's just, it's actually just endless and it's such a cool space. And like literally we could have been podcasting for five hours, but there's that. So I'd wanted to clarify something that what I said about my energy investment, because it was confusing in the episode. Was there anything else? And then like, there's been some real estate stuff I wanted to do, but I have to watch how I do it because of the type of company that I have. But like, you know, if I had a company that bought equipment, like there's so much that you can do there to get your income down. And obviously in my kind of company, in addition to like the strategies um, for reducing the taxable income and then also the investments, it is beneficial to pay my 2024 mentorship now because otherwise, like I'm going to pay for it anyway. So it'll get this year down, right? It'll get 2023 down. And it's kind of like you just like keep paying it in advance. Um, So it's not like stacking up. And it's like, I just get as many things paid for at the end of the year as possible while also making investments that reduce my taxable income and then make me money over time. So it's been really fun to be thinking about the business beyond just receiving money, but then actually deploying my cash in places that keep my money invested. And it's just like, you have to expand your mind because people are so trained to just look at like, how much money is sitting in the bank? 
but like wealthy people are also very asset rich, right? Like you're not, if you think about, you know, well, first of all, there's no return on your money sitting in the bank, like at the bare minimum, even when you're waiting to deploy your money to go do other things, put it in a money market fund, put it in a high yield savings account, at least get that like five to 6% because otherwise with inflation, you're actually losing money by having your money sit in the bank. And then if you ever want, and the reason that so many people, and I really want you to hear this, the reason that so many people never get rich is because they're so grippy with their cash, they never deploy it to do anything else because they're so scared to not have a bazillion dollars sitting in the banks. They never make investments that grow their income. And remember too, like some of the things that I'm doing now, it's like, I have to be able to put down 50K, 100K, et cetera, et cetera. It's not like the stock market, even though I do that too, where it's like you can kind of like put in whatever you want. Do you know what I mean? It's like for some of these bigger opportunities, I have to be willing to move more money on top of my lifestyle, on top of my bougie apartment, on top of my mentorship, right? So I can't hold on to like, like obviously I have money in the bank, but do you know what I mean? It's like I've had to learn to switch my wealth mindset to a different level where it's like, oh, I need to build assets. <laughs> like this is a totally different game. Oh, I'm viewing this business as a cash cow to to actually fund other investments to make me money so I can diversify my income. And obviously I'm always going to be building this business, but it's like, I want my income diversified. Obviously, why wouldn't we? And obviously we're building the business as scalable as possible. So as I joke, you're not 65 doing fucking live launches and running live programs. Like that's not the vibe, right? So we're doing that, but also like, why wouldn't we getting be getting paid from all of these other places? So I'm very much into having like, this is part of the wealth mindset is actually being like learning to train yourself to move money the way that a wealthy person moves money in order to actually build wealth for the long run and not getting stuck in that trap so many people get stuck in of hoarding cash in the bank and then never actually building wealth. Like this is just, you've got to expand your mind. (laughs) So, um, and then, I mean, even you guys know, I used to work in finance, right? I think that like over time, basically, like, don't be afraid of like, be smart in the stock market. Like, don't, you know what I mean? for most people, you should really just have well diversified accounts, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like, and I can't remember over the time span, but it's like usually like the stock market overall end up yielding like 8%. Like some of the real estate investments that I've looked at, like it depends. Some yield between 10 and 25, which is big, but like it can swing. Like you don't know exactly what's going to happen. You know, the energy fund I think was around like, I can't remember. That one was a little bit different because I basically get paid my principal back over 36 months. So like I make my hundred grand back over that time. And then I get paid for the full duration that those companies are like performing for years and years and years. Um, So it's kind of like a different type of investment. But anyways, no matter what, like there's so little you can do that's going to make you less money than your money sitting in the bank. It's about being diversified, right? So I have a very healthy appetite for risk, but I also understand that like I need to be diversified. So even if, right, like we've seen drama in the stock market, which is the market dip like like 20% last year, something crazy, right? Like the market's going to do that every like fucking four years or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It always comes back. Do you know what I mean? You have to be able to like hold things. And this is why you, you play the long game and say, 
diversified and obviously don't do stupid shit like put all your money in one stock. You know what I mean? Like you should be buying diversified like mutual funds, ETFs, they all have like their benefits and whatever it is. And obviously hire a professional. I'm not a professional, but you get my point. Like we just want to start playing a bigger game with our money while we're also receiving money. And and like that your motivation starts to change too. It's not just like, oh my God, I want to buy this thing. I want to do that thing. Like da, 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 da. Like it was kind of like that for me at a certain point. And then I was like, okay, like also I need to be like prioritizing like wealth building, like serious wealth building. Like I'm someone who's here to be fucking rich, <laughs> like legit rich. You know what I mean? And it's also fun because I'm like, wow, the more that I learn, the more I'm able to like teach to my clients and all of these different things and, and just open our awareness. Like knowledge is really power in the world of money and money is opaque in this world. So Anyway, I'm just very excited to bring this conversation with Christy forward. I also want to tell you, she is phenomenal. So if you are like, okay, I like what this homegirl's pinning down and you want to reach out to her about potentially working with her, if you are making a minimum of $200,000 in your business or like you and your partner combined, um, perhaps he's an entrepreneur as well, or she's an entrepreneur, like whatever it is, you can reach out to her and she will actually... Um, for free, just mention that you heard about her on my show. She will for free look at your bookkeeping, um, your QuickBooks basically, and look for the holes in the fucking story. Trust me, there will be some. And she will also do analysis of the past three years of your taxes. If you did not know, you were actually able to amend up to three years. She did get me money back doing this. Um, so I can vouch that that shit worked. And then also look at planning for going forward and things that she would recommend for you. So I would definitely take her up on that. If you are interested in working with her, like she is not like these CPAs. I, I just, I wish I could like wake everybody up to hire her. So many people are so afraid of new information and they don't understand how much money they can keep in the bank. And they think it's some, it's like, that it's like unsafe or risky or like white collar crime. I'm like, it's not, it's just shit. You don't know. Open your mind. You know what I mean? Like it just like, it actually kills me that people fork over the amount of money they fork over to the government out of fear and lack of knowledge. Like it's actually keeps me up at night. I mean, not literally, but it's so bad. It's just so bad. I've seen friends do it where I'm like, you're this scared to learn new things and do new things that you would rather pay the government like 40% of your income. Okay, perfect. Like that is insane to me. So whatever. So anyways, I recommend opening your mind. Um, she, everything is legal. Like she is super on top of it. And it's just things that people don't know. And so since they don't know them, it sounds scary, just like everything else. I'm like, how fucking programmed are you? Oh my God, drives me crazy. So anyways, reach out to her. Her links are in episode notes. Um, if you're looking for a new account or if you'd like to switch accounts, I'm very grateful and very happy that I did. I literally recommend her front, right, backwards, center, like everywhere. Clients, friends, everywhere. Because I'm like, everyone needs to work with this woman. She's changed my life and she is so smart. And she is like doing the things that she shares about for herself too, not just talking about it. Um, and that's huge too. And then, so for the 100th episode, we are doing an insane giveaway, which is going to be 50% off any offer in my world. And this does exclude Fempire and this does exclude private coaching. Um, so this is going to be through Monday, the 20th, how this works. 
leave a written review of the show and then screenshot it. I recommend screenshotting it before you submit it because it'll take Apple a few days a lot of the times and you may not have a few days. And also share the show into your stories, your favorite episode, how it's been impacting you, like whatever it is, however you want to do it. Make sure you tag me so that we see your entry. And then share, um, like please DM me or email my team your written review plus uh, the tag from your stories. I mean, tag me anyways, but still screenshot it just in case sometimes we get a lot and then things get missed. And then select the offer that you would like to be part of and receive 50% off for the 100th episode giveaway. So that is live starting right now through the 20th. And I also want to share that Magnify Manifest Receive, my super fucking spicy wealth energetics activation is for sale on early bird right now. Um, I think our first call is actually coming up on the 20th. It is. And this is going to be the space to tap into for fueling client attraction, blasting through upper limits, opening up to money through desire over push, yum, yum, and receiving inside the business with ease. I will be telling you till the cows come home. You can learn all this strategy in the world. You can rejigger your business over and over and over. You can put out 15,000 different offers. If your wealth energetics behind the scenes are not fucking popping, business will always feel hard and business doesn't feel hard. Receiving clients doesn't need to feel hard. Receiving money doesn't need to feel hard. It all actually gets to feel like a fucking vibe and be easy and consistent and stable and growing and young. But we got to do the right work. We got to do the right work. And you're always hearing me talk about how like this journey is multidimensional Wealth Energetics has been part of my main game since day one. So I really encourage you to join us inside MMR. It's fucking popping. You can check the results on the enrollment page. Our first call is coming up on the 20th. And you're able to join on Early Bird until I raise the price. (laughs) Um, If you want to just go ahead and jump into the money bundle, that's going to give you MMR. That's going to give you Overflow, which is going to be live next. Overflow is the frequency, the wealth frequencies and how to apply them for living in a perpetual state of excess with money. I would say MMR is very focused on like business and things that we come up against in business and overflow is going to be overall money frequencies as pertains pertains to like fucking excess. I don't mean just like, oh, you know, going from stuck to like making some more money. I'm talking about like living with excess, like perpetual states of excess. This came on the back end of me literally six times, six times the amount of my money in my accounts, like in just a few months. Like I just had so many, it was like after one of the first times, like basically like that was in 2022, it was like, I started to get money on a fucking different level. That was the year that I moved into this apartment at the end of last year, it's been a year now. It's really wild to like see my stories popping up, showing me. I was just so excited. And I'm like, this is the fucking minimum baseline. I mean, I love this place, but it's like so wild to me how quickly like things normalize, wealth frequencies. But anyways, it's truly the energetics that helped me step into stepping into six figure cash months in under three years and just locking in the frequencies of the biggest month at biggest months ever six times in the amount of money in my accounts in a few months. Like I told you about really stepping into the frequencies of big painfuls. I get asked about this a lot. I teach about it in this program, like 20K, 30K, 
beyond as normal. And then really releasing that resistance around receiving, holding, growing, and flowing money. Because I can't emphasize enough the degree to which we need to get these four frequencies down if we want to be a match to big abundance because money likes to be moving, right? And it's like, and it's not just about like you flowing your money. It's not just about you receiving your money. It's about you being able to flow big money, receive big money, grow big money, like all of it. It's like very multidimensional. So we dive into that as well. And then really moving into this place of like, you fucking off to your bank account tips. And I don't mean because you went and made big investments and like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, the money's got to like, quote unquote, come back. But you know what I mean? It's like, that's, well, one, you want to learn how to do that quickly, which I had to learn how to do quickly because I started moving large amounts of money, like $100,000, $50,000. And I was like, okay, cool. This is fine. But like, we got to like, you know what I mean? You get to come right back. No thing. And that's exactly what I learned to do. Instead of just having these like prolonged quote unquote dips, it's like, why do we need to do all that? Um, and then really just the fucking vibration of, of relaxed money, relaxed money. We, you know, I love that. And really like one of my favorite concepts is like being the woman who leads money rather than having money be your fucking puppet master, which you sometimes don't realize that it is, but you're like spending so much of life living in reaction and response to money rather than being the one who tells money what to do. So overflow is just such a fun vibey program. Um, so that's going to be running in January. So if you join the money bundle, what I'm saying is like you get MMR, you get overflow. Um, and then you'll be part of live calls for our MMR that are happening November, early December. You'll be part of live calls for overflow, uh, that are happening in Jan, even though you get access to the content now. And then you're also going to get all master classes from now through the end of overflow. So I would definitely jump into the money bundle because it'll save you like over a thousand dollars. Um, and then you get both programs. So that is going to be a vibe. You're also able to buy overflow standalone on pre-sale right now, if you'd like to do that. And as always, you're able to rate and review the show and send in your screenshot and receive $200 off any offer in my world. If you are wanting to come in close proximity mentorship with me, Please make sure that you have jumped into the cohort, Fempire, or the next round of 888, which is going to be starting in February. I also have some really fun, vibey, limited time um, private opportunities outside of like my all-in private coaching. So just DM me if you want to hear about those. I've been rambling on for a while now, but I just had like so much to say. And I also want to share too, like, please do not DM me and start asking me about my investing strategy my accounting, like all of these different things. Like my DMs are not a place for this. If you're in close proximity mentorship with me, I'm totally happy to dive into it. Like that's so much more appropriate and like a contained paid space. Um, so I'm bringing this to you because I want you to have this knowledge, but you really need to be going to professionals to get actual advice. So that's going to be Christy. If you want to work with her on the accounting front, obviously you can hire a financial advisor on the stock market front. Um, Christy has great connections for making other types of investments and you guys, if you're in a boxer or a hot seat coaching space with me or whatever it is, like I'm happy to chat more about and more depth about things that I've been doing, people I've been meeting, da 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 um, And then also just set the fucking intention to be led to the right places at the right time. And I'm sure for so many of you, this episode is one of those things because intention is a spell and intention is how I solve a lot of life's problems. I'm just like, show me what I need to see. Show me who I need to go towards. Show me what the solution is. And then I move. Um, so that is that. I love you so much. Enjoy the episode and I will be back soon. 
Hi, Christy. Hey, Jocelyn. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm really excited to bring this conversation to my podcast because something that is very interesting that I've noticed in my field of work is there is a lot of opaqueness when you start to get into the realms of women who are really making a lot of money and what we're actually doing with our money and how we're optimizing our money. And as you know, I'm a business coach, obviously. So I very much help women build their businesses and step into greater wealth just across the board, whether they have a business or not. And so there's very much like one energy is obviously like doing the smart things in business, marketing, selling, like really like looking at our limitations and like becoming the type of women we want to be who would have what we want, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's the realm of like, okay, well, like we're making money and like, how are we being smart with the money that we have? Because as you know, a lot of what I call quote unquote middle-class programming is very much just like stuff it under your mattress and like save your money and hold on tightly and don't let go. And, and, and that doesn't actually ever get you rich, right? That doesn't actually ever build wealth. And, and it's interesting because when we look at the top of the chain in terms of you know, people generating wild amounts of wealth, for example, the billionaires, they don't pay taxes, right? And so what what ends up happening is so like, what I found is like, like, I've met people earning a third of the money that I do paying more taxes than I do, to where it just doesn't make sense. And there's not a lot of smart education around tax optimization and not like overly committing to your taxes and you can spend all this time making money and then see like 60% of it go right out the door. So we need to be smarter with our money. Um, And obviously you came into my life through Sophia, who was previously my marketing assistant and she's amazing. And it's just been such a godsend. And it's also been a deep education for me around just like the different, and obviously like, especially in the income levels I've stepped into and where we'll even go from here around like how we actually need to be um, handling our taxes in a very smart way and different strategies to be leveraging. So I'm excited to have you here. And also, cause I want to say too, people do not understand this. The majority of CPAs are fucking clicking, checking boxes and moving it along. Like they view their job as complete because they told you how much money you owe the IRS. And like pretty much that's it. They're not doing anything more for you. And so you really, if you are someone who actually wants to optimize your wealth, actually build wealth and like be mindful of that, we cannot just have whatever tax provider, you know, services provider who's just clocking in and clocking out, just like any other service we hire, it will not go well. So I want to say that. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes, yes, I very much agree with everything you're saying and 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 have so much to share on on all of that. <laughs> yeah, so we are going to dive into that. So before we do though, because on my show, I very much love for everyone to just like really share like the woman behind the brand, right? And and I obviously know because I know you because we've had some like in addition to our business conversations, like personal conversations as well. And, you know, I've referred you to a number of my clients and friends, which has just felt really good. And I know it's been a huge sigh of relief for all. And, and I would just love to hear kind of like where you came from and your backstory, because you now 
have a very strong command over money and taxes and just like financial sovereignty and wealth building, but you didn't come from this environment at all where like money was easy or this was at all easy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I would say like, first of all, I definitely like, I have a very strong work ethic um, quite often, you know, I, uh, I, I'm working like 18 hours a day and I love, I'm super passionate about all things accounting and everything like that. But growing up, no, we did not have a lot of money whatsoever. And I remember listening to conversations and like being so afraid. It seemed like so much of the anxiety of life was centered around like money and managing your finances and being afraid of like, you know, losing your job and things like that. And, and just, I think what was fed into me was just this whole concept of it only gets harder. It only gets harder. Like if you think that it's hard now and, um, you know, kind of depressing and I would certainly never tell my children that, (laughs) but, um, I've always had a head for numbers and always been, you know, really good at accounting. Although I might say that, you know, in high school, like I went through three years of accounting in one year, but it was honestly like very boring to me. And even now, and same thing with math, I was really good at math, but it was so terribly boring. I would just get so bored. And what I try and do today, like with the clients that I work with and with what I'm doing, which is very different than obviously what most accountants, tax preparers, you know, bookkeepers, whatever out there are doing is I try and make it more fun for business owners, but also understanding the people that I work with and, you know, being very, I guess, compassionate or empathic or, you know, to, to their needs and their situation and fear of money and knowing that, okay, like this is the thing that this is my passion. And this is the thing that I do day in and day out. It's not the thing that you are doing day in and day out. And you're not the one that's like, seeking for like, how can I make sure taxes is my biggest expense? How can I find all the ways to not give, you know, 30, 40, 50% of my money to the government in taxes, and and also, you know, set myself up for retirement and, and all of that. So that's where I, for those that I get to work with, I like to just, you know, make it easier for them. And I think make it not be what I felt, you know, growing up and as a younger woman, even as fearful of it. So, um, I started doing, and I came in a little bit into the accounting world, I guess you might say is 25 years ago, I started actually, like I took a little college course and learned how to use QuickBooks and, you know, just kind of had a knack for, like I said, I had a knack for numbers and accounting and everything like that. I still didn't think at that time though, that I wanted to just like be an accountant I loved people. Yes. I wanted to help people. Yes. But I was trying to find myself and I took some, but yet anytime I would go to find, like follow, like, what is it I want to do? It always tended to involve both accounting and marketing. So again, using like my accounting expertise, but also loving to help and work with people and, you know, share that knowledge. And I got a job at a franchise company. This would have been, I guess, about 20 years ago. And when I came into that, I was really helping, you know, a few hundred business owners with the accounting support and the tech support and the store support. 
emotional support, I might add. <laughs> is kind Always. Of um, yeah, we all need some of that. But um, so yeah, started helping these store owners. And you know, I gained I I built some amazing relationships with them. Um, at that franchise, like honestly, like a lot of them were struggling to take home much of anything. And then, of course, what they did get to take home, they'd have to give a large portion of it on taxes. And on top of that, when I first started there, you know, with the accounting, I was reviewing and submitting. Basically, the franchise had the requirements that you have to turn in this QuickBooks backup five times a year. That was a requirement for them. And so I would review it and I would see all sorts of errors. Like they were attempting to do the accounting, but also they were wearing all of the hats of the business. and yet, you know, not being an expert with the accounting. So I would review their books, offer my notes. But then time and time again, I would see that a lot of the the things that I would recommend them to do, they didn't exactly know how to implement those things. So I introduced the concept of why don't I help these? And, and honestly, it was in, I got pregnant with twins and I needed to cut back on some of the responsibilities that I was doing, which was heavily like a lot of the accounting for the corporate franchise itself and, you know, compiling reports for all the stores to view, you know, profitability, how they were doing, helping them all, you know, on franchise wide. But anyway, got pregnant with twins in 2009 and had to cut back a little bit. And I introduced the idea of like, you know, I see all these store owners suffering and like just needing the additional help. And also I look at a lot of times, like I would look at their financial statements and be like, because you're making errors, it's costing you an extreme amount more in taxes, which if you were to fix some of these errors, you know, like it would save you a lot of money, just that in and of itself. Um, so anyway, introduced the idea of the bookkeeping service and immediately because I already had these great relationships with so many of these people, they like, I, I had like 50 of them sign up and I loved it. I loved so much more working with them on an individual level and seeing how, you know, how much they valued the service and what a big help it was for them. But then also I thought, you know, it's not just these people that need help. Like it's like all these business owners, like they're all struggling with the same type of things. They all need somebody like, I may not be so great at like, you know, a lot of the things they do, but I know that I'm great at the accounting and I know that I could definitely help and, and be an asset to them. So I actually started my own company while I was still working at that franchise company um, and just started helping some other business owners. Well, eventually I ended up leaving that company and nearly everybody that I was working with came with me directly under my business. And, and I've always, I've primarily grown by word of mouth. I really don't do much advertising. And, and I think that, you know, the passion that I have for what I do, uh, I, I think that the the business owners that I get to work with, they sense that passion. But I came into the advisory world um, about five years ago, tax advisory and tax preparation, because um, I always thought that I was really great at with my own business as a business owner, being pretty aggressive at writing everything off and 
you know, taking all the deductions. And I did a really good job, I think, at, um, you know, I always tell people like to change your tax, change your facts. Like, don't ask yourself, is this a business deduction? But how can I make this be a business deduction? So I felt like I was really good at that. And I ran into a tax strategist that reviewed my tax returns and offered me some advice, um, such as like leasing my home to my business. So I felt like at that time, like I thought that I knew everything. (laughs) Well, no, I, I didn't think that I knew everything, but you don't know what you don't know. And that got me really, really excited because I started saying like, what else do I not know? And so at that time I decided that, um, I mean, I've always really wanted to help people. I, I know what it's like very much. I know the struggle is real out there. I know what it's like to try and, you know, struggle to make money and to struggle to keep the money that you make. And that's always kind of fueled my passion. And I've always been willing to put in the efforts to rise above, so to speak, but um, not just rise above and save for myself, but to help all the others along the way as well that are in the same boat as me, you know, a business owner trying to keep more of the money that they make and help as many as possible. So anyway, I started when I learned some of these tax strategies, I was like this coming into the world of tax I want to be different than anybody else. And I really want to help teach other people how to keep as much of their money as possible or grow their money as much as possible. And the more like, obviously, being in this industry, I talk to a lot of accountants and tax preparers and, you know, all sorts of people that are in the the financial world out there. And the more I talk to them and the more tax returns I review the more I realized, I think that I assumed that these accountants were helping people as much as they could and offering them advice and taking care of them. And I quickly realized that most people out there, that is not their passion. They're very compliance oriented. And a lot of times I would even discuss with them about some of the strategies and things that I've learned. There's just a lot of no people like, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. And I think they somewhat set themselves up for failure because I think the mindset of a lot of them is very much like, how many tax returns can I prepare? Plug in the numbers, spit out the return. Here you go. This is what you owe. And then they get paid and moving it along. And they they, they move along. Whereas again, my um, my whole dream, and this sounds a little bit crazy, but with those close to me, I always say this, I want to provide a luxury accounting experience. I don't just want to be like a McDonald's drive-through. Yeah. Like, let me just fill out the information for your return. You owe $50,000. No, I want to educate them, hold their hands, put their minds at ease. And just, you know, I'm not looking to help a thousand people. And I'm also not looking to just prepare tax returns. I'm looking to help on an ongoing basis, the people that I get to work with, save as much as they possibly can, 
And I realized that in doing like a lot of these strategies and a lot of opportunities and options that are out there, that it's not something that we just sit down and in one hour, I'm going to be like, okay, Jocelyn, I'm going to save you $50,000 in taxes this year. Here's what we're going to do. Check, 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 check. Okay, you're out the door and I'm done. No, no, no. As you know, it's much more involved. And I expect that we're going to meet and discuss regularly, go over numbers, go over what is new, what's going on in the world today, because, you know, tax laws and rules and everything and whatnot is always changing. You are always changing, you know, whatever's going on in your personal life, you know, like if you're moving to a new apartment or your business is growing, like, okay, you were here last year and you were an LLC, but now you've like tripled your income and you're here and an LLC no longer suits you. And so it's just more involved. But um, in a lot of times, you know, when I start working with somebody, um, actually, I love it when people come to me and I review their tax returns and see what they've been doing. Because almost every time I'm able to see some way that I can help them that their previous uh, tax preparer has not. And it's easy for me to help them see what a great value it is to actually do tax planning versus just tax preparation, because then they can see the savings because it comes to them in the form of a refund, for example. Which I did receive. So Christy actually did help me receive a refund for the year before we actually started working together. So this is very much real, much less the savings and the wealth building opportunities that have occurred since then. But you did actually help me get a refund from the year prior. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, in a business owner, um, you can amend up to three years tax returns. And so, you know, this year I've had so many, it would be interesting, honestly, and I should do this is just compile how many millions of dollars of refunds I've gotten business owners back this year. Um. Because, you know, it's very easy, like if, if an average person, for example, is paying, like, let's say like $30,000 a year in taxes, and they come to me and I'm able to see like, okay, so my recommendations, if we do this, 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 maybe their, you know, QuickBooks file needs to be cleaned up and stuff. Nearly every single time I find a way, like, I almost feel like I'm enlightened to be like, wow, like, I just discovered a way that we can save you $80,000 by doing three years of amendments. And I'm honestly surprised myself how often that happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is your gift. I've never met anyone like you. So can we chat about the things that most people miss, like just to the degree that you obviously want to discuss this on a podcast, because the number of strategies that you've been able to... So I one want to talk about just keeping our money in our pocket is one aspect. Uh -huh. But then obviously, and there's going to be different ranges of wealth too. But as you know, because you've been with me while my business doubled, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, there's also needed to be moves where like, I can't just quote unquote leverage deductions at a certain point. That's not enough. Yeah. You need to start moving your money into other vehicles that reduce your taxable income and that also build you wealth over time. And I feel, and it, and it goes bigger than opening up a 401k. And so most people's knowledge is, oh, I can get a 401k or an IRA or whatever it is through my business. But again, like it's only going to get you so far. And actually, you're going to still pay taxes later on the capital gains. And so we want to look at like other types of opportunities as well. 
And I think that that is something that most people are not doing that I've obviously been doing. You have to be willing. You can't be grippy with your money though, because you need to move your money in order to do it. Um, but it's very much worthwhile. And and it's really like shifted my mindset because it's interesting. It's like, I have this business as do many of our listeners here, but it's like, I want my business to also be the cash cow that goes into funding me building wealth in areas that I don't have to work for, right? And yeah. reducing my taxes and all of these different things. And the more money I make, the more opportunities I have for things like that. While I also work on getting my business as kind of like quote unquote scalable as possible, where it's not, you know what I mean? We're trading as little time for money as possible while also delivering an incredible client result. And like both these things, you know, for my audience, we want them happening together. Um, but we first have to even have the levels of knowledge that like this is available to us. Um, yeah. So first, though, because at the bare minimum, people are not really understanding like the deductions available and like the different structures of the business um, in order to be able to keep as much of our money as we can. Yes, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm honestly like, I'm shocked at how few people know, uh, that there is so many opportunities available out there. So obviously like I work with a wide variety of business owners and I always kind of look at it like, you know, like the population of the world. Okay. Most people make less than we'll say a hundred thousand a year. Um, and, but then you've got like your top 3% or so uh, of the population that's making millions of dollars. I feel like my, I don't even health, think it's that in the U S it, it's like the U S 1%, I think I checked is like 800 K is one, yeah. you know, it's what? Wild. I read, um, I read somewhere about a month ago and it said like the, because of inflation, like the number of millionaires is very rapidly increasing. And really it's just because a million now is worth, you know, would have been whatever, 600,000 five years ago or something. So like housing, it's all more expensive. So, you know, I think we'll see like the average wage and, you know, numbers will increase and stuff like that. But still that being said, the average wage in the U.S. is still like $60,000, and a lot of those now me coming from I was once a W-2 employee, of course, for many years. It was just it was just it was over 10 years ago that I left. And how scary was that for me to leave the W-2 world and the security? The security. Yeah, air quotes, major air quotes. <laughs> yeah, the security yeah. of that. And now I think I would never, ever go back to that world. But you know, I have seen and witnessed like such a huge, and this is an ongoing process. I feel like I'm still evolving, but I've seen my mindset shift like so many times, so many times over the years. And I still am. I still am. And I'm always like, you know, I'm still evolving. And the things that I'm doing is like growing, you know, like things that I've taught you about, like the power of recycling your money and, you know, taking some of these risks and stuff like that and learning, like, there's always options. There's always opportunities. Don't ever say I've done all that I can do to reduce my tax liability. Because, I mean, when somebody says, like, have we done everything? Have we done everything? Okay. I could continue to speak. Yeah, we can keep going for 30 more minutes on other things you could do. 
but people have to be willing to move their money to do it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think, I mean, I've talked to so many of my clients that simply like they're afraid, but then again, I talk to a lot of clients and they're still like of a W2 mindset or they're leaving their W2. They're taking the risk. They're coming into the business world. They don't even know what they can deduct and what they can do. So that's the most, yeah. Before we get into the like wealth building, like the moving your money to keep your money and build wealth, let's talk about just the the quote unquote normal things that like people yes. are still not doing. Yes, exactly. Okay. So um when you're starting out a business, obviously I'd say like the first year, because I've seen so many people start out a business and I've seen them very, very rapidly like, you know, go from making, you know, they might break even the first year and then they grow and grow and they're like, you know, doing like 200,000 the next year and then 500,000 and a million. So they're growing. But a lot of times when they come to me, I might be helping them right as they're starting out. And that, that position or that situation that a lot of business owners are in they're I would say that they're, they're more in a place that they're not really in a place to do a lot of investing and they may not have a lot of excess cash flow. So they're more looking at like, how can you help me and what can I do without spending even more money out of my pocket to recognize a tax deduction? Like, for example, you know that to get the depreciation on a truck, you've got to go spend money and buy that truck to depreciate it. Or right. it, to put money into a 401k, you actually have to transfer money into that 401k. But that's, the 401k is not the first move I would make. And it's not the first no. move I made, as you know, for many reasons. Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. But so first of all, you have to be to a place where you're not going to suffer or by having to spend more money to capture more tax savings. So the biggest focus, I mean, initially, I would say is like, what is the structure of the business? What is the entity type? Is it the optimal structure or do we need to revisit that and discuss some things? And can we talk about that a little bit? Because I feel like yeah. There's still very little understanding of the difference between being an LLC and an S Corp and what those both grant you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if I just use an example, somebody making $100,000, um, the difference between an LLC and an S Corp. So as an LLC, that's basically all taxed to you individually, you know, on the same tax return. It's on your individual tax return. Um, whereas on, if we did the S election as an S corp, it's a different business return, but the tax savings between the two is about $15,000. So when it's on your, when you're an LLC and it's on the 1040 tax return, you're exposing yourself to what's called self-employment taxes. And those are expensive. So $100,000, simply if you're, and again, like this, I've probably seen at least five tax returns in the past month of people that have been like this, and it just makes me cringe. So they made $100,000, they're an LLC, they've paid the regular income taxes, you know, that according to the IRS tax brackets chart, for example. And on top of that, they're paying an extra like $15,000 in taxes. And in fact, one of them I'm getting ready to work with an amend. We're just simply going to transition them to S-Corp status and it will eliminate that self-employment tax. Easy enough. 
Now, mind you that along with the transition, we're going to implement other tax strategies in addition, which will save them money anyway and reduce their taxable income without them spending additional out-of-pocket to do so. So I think there might be a misnomer thinking that you have to spend more money to reduce your tax liability, and that is not the case at all. First, we do these, you know, the simple strategies such as that. So... And of course, you know, there's a there's a few extra rules of being an S corporation. As you know, you're an S corp. I'm an S corp. S corps are fabulous. LLCs are great if you're not making money, but if you're making money, okay. <laughs> and on my show, we do making money. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, if you've got an LLC and you know you're you're able to find enough deductions to get that down to zero, great and fabulous. But when you're growing your business, you can very quickly get to a place where you're like, I cannot find one more deduction to reduce my taxable income. And even if you get yourself down to $10,000 in taxable income with all the deductions that you've taken and you've been so aggressive, you're still going to pay $1,500 more in taxes being an LLC than an S Corp on 10,000 bucks. Yeah. So, so anyway, so yeah, so that is a powerful one. Now, now also that might, that being said, Partnerships are also, you know, you can set up a partnership that's an LLC. And a lot of people think, oh, I heard her say the magic is S Corp. So we're just going to change to an S Corp. For a partnership, no, no. I've worked with many partnerships and I understand that actually what we want to do is I want to help each of them individually be an S corporation individually and each of them individually take advantage of all the tax strategies and whatever you know, Joe does might not be the same as what John does. You know, they may have a very different lifestyle, very different goals and spend their money in different ways. So, but yeah, so S corps and entity types are pretty powerful and yeah. So, but anyway, good takeaway from that. LLCs are great. If you're not making money, if you start making money, you may want to consider transitioning. Amazing. And so then are there other things to consideration that you would speak about? Obviously, some of these things we need to pay Christy for um, that you would be speaking about in terms of before we talk about moving our money to to keep more money. um, Is there anything else that you would want to share around like things for us to be thinking about that a lot of people just simply aren't doing? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, first of all, like I said, you want to make sure that you kind of have a, a good understanding of what you can deduct and how to, again, make things be business deductions that you normally may not deduct as business deductions. Like for example, um, you know, my husband and I, like we go once a year, we go down to Mexico on a vacation. Well, we choose to hold our uh, business meetings while we're on vacation and away from the craziness of day-to-day life where we're both working long hours and stuff. I'll take my laptop. I'll take my cell phone. I still have access to technology and stuff, and I'm still able to work. But the business is able to pay for that vacation. And we're going to choose to hold our S corporation meetings on that vacation and write that vacation off. So simple things like that. And, and again, I feel like they're simple. And sometimes I make, I have made the assumption that business owners know that they can do that, but they don't always. Um, but also a very powerful, huge tax saver is leasing your home to your business. Especially in today's world, a lot of us 
get to actually work from home. I'd say probably most of us work from home because most of us anymore, we have cell phones. Uh, like what 20 years ago, that wasn't the case. The world is changing. Um, or, or we have laptops and we do work from home or, you know, if you're like you or me, like we're a hundred percent virtual, we operate a virtual business. Um, and, and I think a lot of people that are, you know, doing consulting, coaching, things like that, or, or, you know, they may be managing a business, but it might be, you know, they have employees at a retail location or restaurant or something, but they're able to manage things and do work from home. So when that's the case, like by all means, let your business reimburse you for using your home to grow your business. So that is, um, as you know, like that is one of the very, very large that can save you thousands of dollars. And a lot when you pay my rent. So exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And how many times a year is it again? 14 days. 14. It's substantial. 14 days of the yeah. year. You can lease your own home to yourself. Yeah. So I might add with that, you know, where I feel like TikTok and, you know, Instagram and some things are growing and there's like tax strategists out there that might throw out tips and tricks. And, you know, that's one that I've actually had people say, most people actually don't know about it, surprisingly, but some people have heard of the Augusta strategy and they'll ask me about it. I'm like, great. You've heard about it. (laughs) Like, this is great. Like, Let's talk. Well, but the key thing is it's not as easy as just your business writing you a check for to lease your home to your business. You actually need to do it correctly on both the business and the individual tax return to protect yourself. And that is shockingly what I've discovered that if it's not your focus or your niche or, you know, you haven't learned how to do that kind of tax work, they may not be implementing it correctly on the personal return, for example. So there's actually a specific IRS code that you use on the personal return to take advantage of leasing your home to your business. But but it is, yeah, it's amazing. And yes, it's a good excuse to go buy that luxury house or that luxury apartment and be like, you know, I can live here and take this as a business deduction or a portion, you know, not, not entirely. Although in some cases it is entirely. But um you know, I might say like mm-hmm. the larger the house or the more luxurious of the apartment, the bigger the write-off because you can basically, you know, find other comparables that would charge more to lease that to a business than, you know, something lower. So also another thing that I might add, as for speaking about not spending more money to get more tax savings, you know, using your home. But also, you know, a lot of people have children and um, that is another amazing tax strategy is they want to know how can I, you know, pay my children tax free or be able to take advantage of having kids and, and letting your kids participate in the business. You know, whether you're like, like if you share posts on social media and you share your children and stuff, you know, your children can be compensated for doing advertising and again, helping to grow, promote your business, all of that. So anyway, family management company is another very powerful strategy and it's, it's easy and simple enough. And it's a way that you can pay your children tax-free, but not have to like 
issue them a W-2 where the taxes are taken out and you're paying the employer's portion of taxes on top of that. And you're not having to issue them a 1099 or anything like that. So the setup is important of it. But, you know, for those that have one, two, whatever kids, you know, the limit this year, for example, is 13850 that you can take as a deduction per child. So, you know, the more kids I mean, you have, I would take it. Yeah. I'm like, please yeah. add dogs. <laughs> I know. I know, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree because I have four pets too. But no, so so I do have like a family management company set up. Um, my twins are now like they're almost 12. Uh, I involve them as much as I possibly can in the business. And no doubt they've gotten quite the education in their young life by um they're actually sitting next to me they get to listen to me i take them on meetings sometimes and all that but anyway so if you happen to be and especially in new york like we know that like with new york taxes and the federal taxes if you're in a higher tax bracket you could be paying close to like 47 percent in taxes so if you have two children for example let's see calculator so you just go 13,850 times two, 27,700. The tax savings on that would be, you know, twelve, thirteen thousand $13,000 in taxes. So you can see how it's like, for, for me, for a small business owner, it's very easy to just do a few things to help them save over $20,000 in taxes. Not and like, not to mention getting to work with them, provide them with an education, put their minds at ease so that they can sleep better at night, you know, just stay on top of the tax world. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I love this. And so then let's talk about the bigger earners because these are the spaces that I've obviously had to step into where I sure as shit am not paying the government what would otherwise be quote unquote required of me. It's insane, especially when I know all these billionaires aren't doing it. So yeah. I was like, there must be a way to be smarter because you can find completely legal ways to literally pay zero taxes. Like this is 1000% yes. available. I know people who do this. You do not have to do anything illegal, but you do need to have the access to the opportunities and you need to have the education and you need to have the relationships. Yes, and you need to be- you need to be more interested in moving your money to build your wealth than you are in paying the government. Because it's incredible yeah. to me how many people won't move their money, even into their mentorship. I'm like, at bare minimum, get all of your 2024 mentorship paid right now to reduce your taxable income for 2023. And then you worry about next year, next year, just that yeah. first. Because in my world, right, we're all spending quite a bit on mentorship. And then second to that, it's like, the number of people who are scared to move their money into these other opportunities because of the quote unquote risk, they literally pay the money to the government instead. Like it actually makes no logical sense. Like we've got to get out of our emotions around money. Like I would hand every day, why well, pay 60K towards an investment, then pay it to the government just because I was scared the year before. Like we yeah. really need to like get clear here. Yeah. Yeah. So. I wear my heart on my sleeve and I'm always happy to share with my clients the details of like all of the things that I do, the investments that I make, the relationships that I have, all of that. I'm a big believer in being very diversified. I don't want all my eggs to be in one basket. I do a lot of different things. 
So, um, definitely. I mean, I would say, you know, a lot of people, it's good for me to kind of learn what the person's goals are and what they want to do, because, you know, some people are really big on real estate and that's where they want to put their money or their retirement rather than say like, you know, a 401k or an IRA. I always say there's oil people, there's real estate people and there's stock market people. Pretty yeah. much. <laughs> there's like people to, and then there's people who are like diversified, but I feel like I keep like, you meet a lot of people who are like gung ho on one of those three areas. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's where I just kind of present the options. Like, I mean, I'll present like, okay, you know, there's 15 or 20 things that we can do. Here's the tax advantages of, of each, you know, like all the things like that, but yeah, definitely. And also what I really love, how I love to invest. I mean, first of all, it needs to be in a trusted relationship. Quite often, you know, I'll speak to somebody for a couple of years before I actually, you know, like invest, such as with the oil and gas, for example, Yeah, which Jocelyn and I both participated in last year. Um, So super exciting. And, but also to learn all about those. So we know with oil and gas that it's one of those activities that the government really wants you to participate in. So they take away a lot of the rules that might be in place for something like investing in real estate, you know, where there might be limitations there, those limitations might be gone on another type of investment. So that's where I say it is such But but there's pros and cons because like, with yes. the oil and gas, yes, you you make lots of money over time, but you aren't guaranteed your principal back, but you have much higher yeah. tax deductions than with a real estate investment. Because wasn't it like dollar for dollar for year one and then 75% of that on year two? Well, so it's going to depend as well, because we didn't get the dollar for dollar last year because one of the, uh, you, you know, you get... You get depreciation or the dollar for dollar tax savings when there there is drilling costs involved. Yeah. So when they didn't end up putting all of the money that they originally anticipated into the drilling costs, well, I mean, it's okay. It's just, we're going to get that dollar for dollar, that d- deduction in this year. Yeah. Because, you know, we kind of got in right at the very end of last year and they didn't have, you know, the time to pay for the drilling costs, so to speak. But, but ideally, like really that would be like you invest, you get the dollar for dollar tax deduction on that investment. And hopefully, you know, depending the anticipation would be such as in the one that we invested in is that within 24 months that we would get back in the form of distributions, the amount of money that we put into this investment, but it could we'll continue to get distributions for the course of many, many years until all of the wells dry dry up that are part of this opportunity. Wasn't this year two a tax deduction also though? It wasn't. Oh yes. 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 For, for this one. Yeah. We'll get a big tax deduction. We'll get issued a K one, which will show a loss on it. Um, so yes, we have that to look forward to this year. But eventually, you know, once you've captured all the loss and, and you're limited in the loss, you're limited to the, the amount that you've invested. So that's why I say dollar for dollar tax deduction, um, because, you know, once but isn't you- it only dollar, I thought it was like dollar for dollar year one. So if everything went according to plan, that it was dollar for dollar year one, but then it's still an additional amount year two. Well, it wasn't dollar for dollar on year one because they no, I know, but like, in a, I'm just using, I don't mean this particular example. I mean in an idea, yes. like if everything goes yes. the way that it's supposed to, because like 
with the real estate investments I've looked at, for example, it's like, it's a little bit like they can potentially stretch past what I've invested because of how they do their accounting. But it's like the biggest chunk of it is year one. And then it gets a lot smaller, but I have asset ownership too. So it's like a little bit different. Like they all kind of have their pros and their yeah, pros and yeah. that are a little different. Yeah. And they will be different. I mean, I would say primarily. primarily. Oh, and like in the real estate one, like then when they sell, I not only get my principal back, but I also get my portion of whatever the gain yeah. was basically on that sell. Like, and then other assets don't work like that, but they yeah. all just have their thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll talk on both of those. So the question would be like, you know, at the end of, uh, we'll say when all these wells dry up, how much money are we going to end up making off of this? When we invest, we don't know. We don't know. We know that we should get back, you know, what we've invested within a two-year time period. And I think that's one of those things that is like, okay, well, we'll share the story. But also you're doing it a lot for your tax savings though. Oh, so yes. what was like the, I just don't remember like what it was for year, year two, if everything goes according to plan. So let's say you put in a hundred grand, you get a hundred grand savings year one. And then was it 75K year two? No, not necessarily. And there will be basis limitations. Like you can't receive more in loss than the amount of kind of like how much skin do you have in the game? Yeah. You can't get back more in loss than the skin you have in the game. I mean, there's certainly things that they could choose to do. I they said something though for year two. I remember that conversation. Mm, you've got to question anything that the person that is passionate about oil and gas says and speak to the accounting person. <laughs> because what often happens is they might give you like, oh yeah, we'll give you $200,000 in loss for your 100,000. And then you go talk to the accountant and they say, you can't do that. <laughs> Your basis yeah. is $100,000. They can't give you $200,000. Well, you in my real estate investment, I was like, go ask your accountant. Yeah. And he was like, <laughs> I haven't done it yet. I was like, if I put down 50, what can I write off? And he was like, we can do a hundred. He asked his actual accountant. He was like, we can do a hundred. I was like, okay. <laughs> now there is opportunities that you can do that there is opportunities yeah. for sure that as you know that i if you were like christy i want to get a two hundred and fifty thousand dollars tax lawyer yes. not his account so it was the actual lawyer so that was oh, I'm not going into too much detail but as you know like something that 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 we've discussed very briefly or we may, we may, you know, discuss more. Like if you were like, I really need a $250,000 deduction this year. Um, I'm making $500,000 right now. Yeah. You know, I would give you, I would give you different options and different opportunities. And there's a lot of them, you know, but I mean, like, for example, I could easily say, okay, well, why don't we take advantage of, you know, donating these medical supplies Basically, you know, it costs you $50,000, but you get a $250,000 tax deduction right now. How much will that save you in taxes in New York? In we did, and we did do a donation strategy for me last yes. year. I think yes. that I put down 40 and I saved 80. Was that it? Yeah. Well, so it would kind of, no, no, no. It I was, um, I love how I don't remember anything. I just like do what I need to do and then move on. <laughs> No. Okay. Well, so I might just briefly throw out that it was very similar to this other, you know, this and and there there's actually a couple there's a mineral 
there's a mineral fund that they donate. Um, I, I'm not thinking of the right. I just, I just. And that felt better because like the oil and oil and gas, I like don't love that because I do care about the government, but I also was like, okay, well, I actually need to do this right now. And then like, let's look at other options. It's not where I want to put this. Yeah. Money. Yeah. And you know what, <laughs> if you can, if you can save money on taxes, but also, you know, in turn do something you know, really good. Yeah. World at the same time, you know, that's, that's yeah, really bad. Cool. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, like that, you know, the one that we've discussed about taking the donation deduction and being able to donate um, in your name, like medical supplies to military and hospitals and whatnot like that. So it would be like, you know, again, let's just say 47% tax bracket for pretend for pretend K. So if you're deducting 250,000 in taxes, and the expenditure that you had for that was $50,000. That saves you from paying $117,500 to the state or to New York and the IRS. And then, so, yeah, but and then the only it, yeah. quote, downside there, so you save a lot, but you don't make any money. Right. So on that one, because that that's a donation. So that's a different, whereas also, you know, you're like Jocelyn, you don't make money on donations. Again, speaking of like, like I told you, I love to, I love to find investments where I can get as close to a dollar for dollar tax deduction in year one as possible. So I can maximize, you know, take my dollar as far as I can. But also be able to, um, the moment that I invest, be able to like double the amount of the investment. So if I take like, you know, the senior housing development option, for example. So let's say that I put in $100,000 as an investment and I'm able to get you know, I'd say close to, or maybe I get on a hundred thousand in year one and $80,000 tax deduction. But the structure of it is that my money is worth $200,000 the moment I invest it based on their equity structure. Um, and then you are saying now you have partial equity as well. Yes. So, so that's something the difference with real estate. Not that I'm an expert on any of these. Yeah. But well, let me just use myself. Let me use myself yeah. as an example. I'll just use myself here. Okay. So I invested $1 million in a luxury senior housing development that is brand new. And this new. is all true, guys. Christy actually plays with big money. She's not just giving advice. She's yeah. moving her money. Yeah. So brand new luxury senior housing development just opened in Prescott Valley. It is 40 doors, meaning 40 units on it. Okay. My $1 million investment gives me 5% equity or ownership in a $40 million development. So if you do the math on that, the moment I invest $1 million, it is worth $2 million should they sell the whole development at the price they paid to build it. Okay. They don't plan on that. This is a long-term strategy. They actually, they'll refinance the property when it hits a certain capacity of fullness, which actually this one is like the, the, the most rapid filling up development they've ever had. It's a, it's a big winner. So once it gets to a certain capacity of fullness, they refinance and they give the equity investors their money back plus a certain amount in interest expense. So that will usually happen. We'll say, I'd say 12 months, but let's call it 18 months, you know, because it, it takes a minute with new construction. Existing developments would be structured differently. And Anyways, how long ago did you make this investment? 
I actually do. Well, like, honestly, so it's going to be effective in the 2023 tax year, but they're actually rolling my money. Didn't you make other ones before this? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, I did. I did. And they're structured similarly. I'm just using this example. But basically what I did is like, I actually placed that money somewhere else last year to get some tax savings and they're just rolling it into this one this year. And whatever I didn't already receive in tax savings, I'll get all of it this year. So, um, yeah, so huge, huge tax deductions coming this year from that one. Um, anyway, so and also real quick. So if you ever get deductions that exceed what you actually owe, can you roll them over into the next year? Oh, heavens. Yes. Heavens. Yes. Okay. You can do. And, and I do have a good handful of clients that boy, we generated some really huge losses and that's all great and good because, you know, Whatever. And just so you guys understand, losses does not mean you actually made less money. This is like on, this yeah. is on paper. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It might be, for example, like let's say that you made a hundred thousand dollars, but you bought a new office building, and we did a cost segregation study, which is which is basically an engineering study on a property, you know, any type of property. And you can get a huge chunk of, of depreciation on the front end rather than having it be spread out over 27 or 39 years, the normal depreciation schedule. So again, it's a tax strategy. So, but anyway, let's say that we did a cost segregation study. They bought a new building. And with that, we got a $300,000 loss, you know, from that uh, or, or a deduction from the depreciation on that real estate. So now they've got negative 200,000 in net taxable income. But they know that next year they're going to make like 400,000, 500,000. Well, good, good. We'll take that loss. We'll roll that forward and that will offset next year's taxable income. We just want to make sure that we're keeping track of that. I mean, I have several that like I'm, I'm keeping track of like, okay, we know that he had like a loss carry forward of $270,000 or, you know, whatever it may like one of these, I'm working with, um, this client that he, he's, He's like mortgage officer to the movie stars in California. But when we started working together, he had 11 rental properties and was making like a million dollars a year and paying taxes on that. Never heard of cost segregation studies in his life. Even though he owned the properties? Oh, yeah. A lot of people what? have heard of these. Yeah. That's it, his market. That I'm shocked. Like, I'm shocked how many people don't know about these. But also, that's his market. He's in real estate. Yeah. I, speaking of cost eggs, I'll tell you something really quick. Well, anyway, we did these studies for 11 of his properties and geez, you know, we got like, who knows, a million something in, in bonus depreciation. Wow. He really wanted it though, because he just opened his own mortgage business after leaving a company where he was making like a million dollar W2 from. So obviously he's guaranteed for success with his own business, but anyway, so he'll have like a huge, carry forward that we, you know, we're continuing to like, okay, you're up to X hundred thousands of dollars from your new mortgage company. We know we have a lost carry forward from doing cost sex studies of X. What is the other things that we're doing to, you know, just make sure that you're making a million and not paying any taxes. Yeah. Is this so funny? I feel like there should be some strategy where you can like buy people's carry forward, just like how for the government has it. You can. It's called loss harvesting. Loss harvesting. Because the government, like, I do that myself too. Companies yes, do basically, it. you can you can buy a business just to capture its losses. So interesting. Yeah. 
The world yeah, of money is just stories. so cool. <laughs> I, and I'll tell you like really quickly, like a lot of people, like I said, you know, they do real estate and a lot of times, you know, a cost segregation study will yield maybe, you know, 30% in depreciation rather than, you know, the amount of the property divided by 27.5 years. But you can actually, if you buy like a manufactured home, well, this is a really good one, actually. Buy a manufactured home and it's treated a bit differently than like a regular, you know, commercial building or, res- or residential property. You can take the bonus depreciation and let's say that you buy, you know, a manufactured home for $100,000. You can rent it out for, you know, whatever, twelve, fifteen hundred a month, you know, whatever you charge. But you could take nearly the full amount in bonus depreciation in year one. So you've got a rental property that you can take a huge chunk of depreciation on right now. And even more powerful, um, opportunity zones. Throughout the United States, there's these areas. In fact, Prescott Valley is in an opportunity zone, the one that I invested in. Basically, it's these areas in the United States that the the IRS has indicated that they're trying to promote the growth and development of these impoverished areas. So again, if you do the things the IRS wants you to do, they will reward you with tax savings. So if you invest like in one of these opportunity zones, I mean, there's three of them close by my house, for example. In fact, one of them is by Hill Air Force Base, which is where a lot of military people live. So all sorts of renters coming in there. But anyway, if you buy a property there and sell it in 10 years, which, you know, we can safely say real estate in 10 years will probably be worth double whatever it is today, you know. That's Pretty safely say. I mean, 100%. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if you bought it today for 100 and it was worth, you know, 175 in 10 years for pretend, yeah. you know, we can safely say that it will appreciate but the power is in those opportunity zones that it when you sell it, you will not pay any tax on the gain. Yeah. So like if you buy it today, you get a huge chunk of a write-off right now. You could rent it out over of course many years, and then you sell it and you pay no tax on the extra bonus seventy five. That you made. And this is the big difference from like a 401k or the stock market, you pay capital gains tax when you take your money out. Yeah. And you know, what's so funny is like, and there's not the tax savings are not substantial. Yeah. These manufactured homes, I kid you not like the homes that you could buy four or five years ago for 50,000 are now worth and selling for $150,000. I need to buy one of these. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it feels like, oh my gosh, like 150,000. But again, it's real estate, you know, houses that were 300,000 five years ago are now worth 600,000. Yeah, it's like one of those markets where it's like, if you know how to play the game, you play the game. But like, also, you know, there's, 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 you have to weigh out your level of risk. So a lot of the time with real estate, real estate's pretty illiquid. People like the stock market because the stock market's liquid, you can go get your money tomorrow. But then you have to make sure that, but it's interesting. Like I grew up in a stock market household. That's how my, you can build wealth all of these different ways. Yes. I love diversification. Like oh, you yeah. said. But I think it's really fun for us to learn about the quote unquote pros and cons of each. So like as you're divvying out, like some people are very comfortable having all their money, for example, in real estate. And I don't mean guys, you have to understand the difference between like you buying a house. Like that's not an investment strategy for yourself. I'm talking about when people are like leveraging their investments to actually make money. 
you know, like basically run their investments like businesses is very different. Yeah. And like then it's like, but your money is kind of illiquid, but, but there's so many other gains and yeah. it's just so cool. You know, I think to be thinking about all of these things. And one more thing, like we could go on, no doubt we can go on for another hour. I'm sure. But, um, knowing that we may be short on time and stuff, I did, I want to throw out there. Okay. Tax credits, a whole big long story again, that I could discuss about all the tax credits that are out there that most people don't know about. Yeah, let's Hence talk about why it's good for you to understand. Like, if I know what's kind of going on and what you're doing, like, my goodness, like, so I'm actually, you know, we're we've been building a new home for way too long, and we're getting ready to move this month. Once we move into that home, couple things. I'm moving into a new home. I know that I'm going to get the residential tax credit. How many people are missing out on that because they don't know that there's a $2,500 residential tax credit for just buying a home that's considered energy efficient? Prescott yeah. Valley. 40 doors. It's energy efficient. I'm getting a 40 times $2,500 tax credit, not a deduction. It's a credit. It's like a check from the IRS. Oh, they actually but, cut you a check? Um, Yeah. So with tax credits, how it, does it, it work? Depends. So here's the thing. There's refundable tax credits and non-refundable tax credits. If it's a refundable tax credit, then they'll apply, you know, say this $2,500 to your, whatever your tax debt may be. And then give you the difference. Whereas a non-refundable credit would be like, we'll apply this towards your outstanding IRS debt, whatever that may be. And then the additional will carry forward and apply okay. to like future years. Yeah, so but it's fine. You, you still find get out it what no matter what. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It would either carry forward or just give you the check back for the difference. So, um, but also this year, like a big thing, and, and I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to go shopping for these. I can't guarantee if I'm going to buy it, but the electric vehicle tax credit, there's this website that you can basically look on and shop for, you know, electric vehicle. Like a cute one, for example, that I saw in there was like the Cadillac Lyric, like little SUV. If you get one, like the, again, using the Cadillac, I know the weight is going to be about 6,000 pounds. So I could do the bonus depreciation. I went in and like, did all the shopping and like, oh, let me customize an app, add every beautiful feature to this cute little Cadillac. And it started at 69,000. Now it's at 79. I could do the bonus depreciation, which is 80% this year and take the deduction and get a $7,500 tax credit, AKA like check from the IRS on top of that. Yeah. And there's a whole list of cars, you know, Teslas and Jeeps and Cadillacs and BMW, like the X5 and just, you know, Audis. It's just, it's just a whole long list. The Rivian trucks, the Ford F-150, you know? So again, in educating yourself, if this is something that's applicable to you, then, uh, you know, you've got to just know that it's out there. If you don't know it's out there, you're, you just miss out. People are wasting money. So this is, and you know, we've only been talking for an hour. Like we could obviously go on forever. For sure. But you guys are seeing why I hired Christy. <laughs> so yeah. I am just so excited. And then for all of you, I want to share too, because there is an opportunity. If you are someone who is earning at least $100,000 and you are now understanding that you need a new accountant and then... <laughs> <laughs> and that you would like to talk to Chrissy. If you let her know, 
that you listened to this episode, that you heard about her from me. You can literally just reference my name. I'm going to be dropping her email address um, and her contact details and episode notes. Then you are able to receive a free review of your QuickBooks slash your bookkeeping for the past three years. Because remember that you can actually, what is it called when you redo your taxes? Amend. Amend up to three years and prior. So you can literally get money back from when your accountant fucked up three times over the, yes. three, the three years prior. And then also look at tax planning, planning and a proposal for going forward. So usually just that alone is $1,500. But when you reference that I sent you, um, she will do that for you for free. Um, we do ask that you be making at least $100,000 in order for it to like really make sense for you to potentially be working with her and all of these different things. And then if you're not there yet, we'll remember this episode because you're going to be there soon if you stick around with me. And then you um, can have, I just can't recommend her enough. And like, guys, you cannot let money fear get in the way because we've got to start moving and thinking like wealthy people in order to become them. So there is that. And Christy, this has just been, you know, I love talking to you. This has been so fun. Of course, of course. Yes. And I definitely, you know, one of the things I really love doing is when I first meet a business owner and I see that they've just gotten screwed for so many years, I really love being able to do and complete the amendments and quite often, I mean, this year, and I'm not kidding, I've gotten many people. In fact, I just completed one three years today and got him back $112,000 in refunds. And I've done that so many times. And I really, like I said, I'm obviously passionate about what I do. But I really do love to do those multi-year amendments. And I'm seeking, you know, lifelong relationships and um, people that I can grow with. And I feel that's a great way to help people truly see like how amazing tax planning is and that it is a return on investment and, and it yields. No doubt. Benefits. I mean, look at what I'm making versus what we've been saving and we've, yeah. and then helping me with money over time. And it's just getting started because obviously you would know since you do my books, like last year was yeah. that first year that my business like quite literally doubled. And so it was like, now moving into a different ball game, you know? Yeah. And always I tell, I tell people, so when we do the amendments, I mean, I, I honestly, I've, I haven't seen somebody that I couldn't save a good substantial amount of money, but there's always more that we can do today and going forwards than we can do going so backwards. backwards. Yeah. yeah. And we so. do have, so everyone knows too, like we have a quarterly meeting and I can't imagine like I and and something that's really nice about your structure as well is it's all in-house so yeah. a lot of people have one bookkeeper and then they have a CPA and then they play middleman between the bookkeeper and the CPA and it's a fucking nightmare yeah. or like they just have a CPA who literally they just like deliver the requested things to once a year and that CPA just they tells them what they owe. Like you you guys cannot do this. If, if you want to build wealth and you want your money well managed, you need to have ongoing long-term relationships. The end. Like you can't have your money running like that. It won't work. You'll just pay an enormous amount of money to the government. And not that. You won't just pay enormous money to the government. You won't capitalize on other opportunities. And so something that is so special about Chrissy as well is 
Like, for example, some of the opportunities that like she opened the door for, for me, aren't things that like I would have known of. These are relationship businesses. This is all stuff that is like happening behind closed, closed doors with wealthy people who all know each other. This isn't something you can Google in the internet and go find these opportunities. You need to know people. And so what was so cool too, is like you had opportunities where, for example, normally, let's say the minimum investment would have been half a million, but you have all these clients. So right, I'm not in a place yet to pitch on half a mil, but I can pitch on a hundred. So they'd be like, okay, cool. Well, we'll let your five clients put down a hundred to contribute, right? So it's like I got to play in room a room that, well, like in not I, not the other investment I did, but other things that had come up where it's like there's the opportunity to play in a room that I'm not quote unquote ready for just by having not I mean ready for financially, but I still get to play just by having the relationship. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. And definitely. like this is huge. Because a lot of people can get to a place of like, okay, I can get to, I can put down 50, I can put down a hundred, but like getting to, I can put down half a mil takes time, you know, when you're building up your own business, if you don't already have the money. Yeah. Well, and also I might add to that as well. Like for example, the oil and gas. Okay. I'm helping you kind of, you know, slowly get your feet wet without like, you know, doing anything too crazy. But with that, you can recycle that money. So even if you only had, we'll say $100,000, find those opportunities where you can get the tax savings with that investment, get your money back quickly, and then put it into something else. Which and is what I want to do. So for me, yeah. yeah. So, so this money, like this money that you get back, for example, the oil and gas, we will find another opportunity to invest that, get you the tax savings, and then generate, you know, a good 15 to 18% annual returns. But if you recycle that same $100,000, like five times, for example, over five years, we'll say, and then you can generate 15, even if it's only 15% off of each of those hundreds, think of yourself in 30 years from now, having that same, same $100,000 kicking off 15% year after year, the rest of your life. Yeah, you're and, setting and yourself more. up for yeah for ta- you're setting yourself up really for tax free wealth retirement. Exactly. Do we hear this tax free wealth? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's so cool too because in my mind, I'm like, once the money's left the door, I'm like, that money's gone. I don't view that as like, oh, I'm going to make the money back and yeah. live on it. I'm like, I'm going to make the money back and reinvest it and reinvest it and reinvest it and reinvest it and reinvest it. And this is what you do. So I even look at like my own parents, for example, like they're more stock market people, but they're able to by the level of investments they've made. I mean, this is what my dad did professionally for a living and was his company and like the whole thing. But like they are literally fully able to live and live very well just off dividends, you know, so like you don't even have to take your money out. I don't like it's different. That's not necessarily what I'm looking to do, but I'm just saying like there's so many ways to like to play with your money in ways that support you and so I love that too because like I said once the money's gone I'm not like oh I want it back so I can spend it I'm like I'm used to it not being here I'm intentionally like have a business that's generating money so it's like let that money keep working for you I guess like if there was I don't know I wanted to make some enormous other investment then maybe I would do something with it but you get my point. Meaning like if I was like, oh my God, Christy, I want to buy a house, which I don't. But like if I did, then it would need more like cash to go towards that. Yeah. But I would rather have my cash working harder for me. Or you were even like, 
oh, Christy, I'm going to put this money into a money market account to earn interest on it. Yeah, but that and means- I'm like, no, 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 let's yeah. talk. It's yeah. like, I will do that while my cash sits for me to deploy it to other places. Yeah. But there's even other places potentially where like you can do better than that. But like, you know, and also people have different comfort levels with how much cash cash they want to have, how much money they want to invest it, all of these things. But I have the kind of business, like I, it's not like money comes in sometimes. My money is pretty predictable every month. Yeah. You know, so it's also sometimes I think based on how people get paid, like in my entrepreneurial type of business, it's every month we kind of know what to expect. There's been no like enormous surprises, you know, um, like as the business has grown, some like cool flow the money, it'll be back in like a couple months. It's fine. Yeah. And I think like a lot of people like, when but I had to like, that was a thing for me, like moving that hundred grand was the first time that I had moved a hundred thousand dollars. And as you remember, I had to move 50 grand just to get in here. Then yeah. I had to move the hundred for that thing. I hadn't done that before. Um, and that was all at once. And then, oh, and I was paying for my mentorship, which as you know, for money, my numbers, that's like a pretty hefty expense. So like there was a lot going on and it was definitely an edge for me. But I remember talking to you because I think that you had just moved like 500 grand or something and you had to really have a moment with yourself and you did it at like the 11th hour. Yeah. And, you're, and I was like, if she can move 500, I can move 100. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like I say, and, and I'm happy to share like all the things I do because I, because I do do so much, but um, yeah, everybody, everybody is different. Their comfort levels are different and everything like that. And, and in anything that you do, you know, you do, you want to educate yourself completely and, you know, take the time to do so. Um, but, but now is the time because we're coming up on year end, ladies. So, and yeah. this episode is coming out very soon after recording. So, we need to be making our money moves. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of things we did not touch on today. And I'll share something with you that I'm probably, that I'm actually what's brewing in my mind for myself for next year. Right now, a lot of us are at a stage where we're kind of like at our, you know, our peak in our careers where we're doing really well now and we're actually making more now than we need to live off of. And hopefully if you're making wise decisions, you're not giving again, 30 to 40% of whatever it is you're making today to the government. But there's things that you can do additionally to protect that money and even be able to find a place to put it aside right now for you to use in your retirement years in various different ways. And in fact, like even, um, you know, I said what I'm next year. So I'm considering creating it's called a family endowment program. I'll have a good year next year. I'll work my butt off, no doubt. <laughs> and do a ton of tax returns and all that fun stuff. But with this, you know, I can basically put my money somewhere, be able to get the tax deduction, and then I can choose to pay myself distributions or management fees while not getting taxed on a bigger chunk of my money that I just don't need right now. But I want that safety to know that in my retirement years, when I might not be able to be working the hours I'm working right now, that I can then be able to utilize that money while not paying taxes on it. That happens to be like just another strategy that would require some thoughtfulness on your part to be like, if I set up a family endowment program, you don't need to have kids, by the way, to set that up. It's just, 
that's just what it's called. But anyway, set that up and determine like, okay, what, what is the purpose? Like, what do I want the purpose of this business to be? I can pay myself management fees next year, the year after 10 years from now, whatever. But at least I'm not giving the government all the tax on that money. And I can also use it to do good things in the world. I can start businesses. I can in, invest in real estate or stocks or anything I want to and grow that money, take the distributions tax free from that entity. So there's just, there's a lot of, and I would say that one would be best for those that are making a, a substantial amount of money. You know, like I said, a lot of the the other strategies, and that's where it's so catered, there might be simple things like the Augusta strategy, the family management company, reviewing the entity types and stuff and saving $20,000. And then there might be some things that it's like some people need literally hundreds of thousands of dollars of tax savings. So I kind of just understand the person and then cater to what do we need to do? Yeah. And it's really fun. <laughs> totally. And I like being on the receiving end. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And I love, I love and appreciate all the relationships that I've been able to build, like doing what I am passionate about doing and, you know, lucky that I met and have the blessing that is Jocelyn in my life, who I met through my stepdaughter. (laughs) And she was so funny. She was like, cause obviously like Sophia is quite young. She doesn't really have to think about any of these things yet. And she was working in my business. So she was previously doing like some marketing things for me. And she's also like my assistant on photo shoots and different things like that. And she was like, hey, like, do you need an account? My my stepmom just like helps all these millionaires pay no taxes. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) Like, how did I get so lucky? You know? Yeah. And she just like casually mentioned. I was like, 100%. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to share. I know this is your whole world, but people do not have this education. I agree completely. I am really in the business of helping women be very smart with our money. So I am just so happy and I cannot recommend, obviously I'm not responsible. Do not come to me and ask me about my relationship with Christy, yada, yada. If you guys want to work with her directly, please go directly to her. I am serving as an introduction, but obviously you guys need to be fully responsible with who you work with, where you put your money, your experience, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, self-responsibility here, but I've just had a fantastic experience. And I'm just incredibly grateful. Me too. Me too. Yes, please reach out if you need help. We are getting close to the end of the year, lots of decisions to make. But like I said, share with me your tax returns. Let me offer you advice. I'd love to do that. And, and I do, I'm always, I'm always amazed at myself for being so like inspired to be like, at first, I didn't think I could do anything for this person. I learned a little bit about them and I realized I could save them $70,000. <laughs> and also, so too, we're in the world of investing in ourselves. You invest an enormous amount in your own continued education and software. Oh, my gosh. Like, so you much. are not lazy. You are always going no. to these conferences and events and like yeah. meeting people. Like, you really stay in the know. Yeah, yeah. I really try and find like who is the best, best, best out there of a coach. And that's who I want to work with. And again, that goes right back to like, I care so much about the business owners that I work with 
that they fuel that passion for me to want to make sure that I'm being the best for them and getting the best education and, and all of that. And like, it's just, yeah. So I'm willing to put in, I mean, I think I invested six figures last year. Yeah. This is not your average, like CPA who used to work for an accounting firm. Yeah. It's very niche. It's very (laughs) niche for sure. We're in a different plane here. So I'm just so happy we had this combo. I feel like I'm like, we are doing good. We are doing God's work for women right now. Like this is just, this is a good thing. So yeah, yeah, I agree completely. Having this chat. So thank you so much. Thank you. I'm obsessed with her. Like, how did I find Soul Sister Accountant vibes? But also, like, of course I did. So this is your reminder. If you would like to work with her um, or explore working with her, her um, details are in episode notes. And then just mention that you found her on my podcast and she will be able to offer a review of your QuickBooks, a review of three prior years of tax returns, which you definitely want reviewed. Like I said in the intro, I got money back from her doing that for me and actually processing them like amen. And then also look at basically like a plan forward and recommendations for you for going forward. So usually I believe that would cost $1,500, but she will offer it to you for free. Just make sure that you mention that you found her with me. And then I want to remind you, of course, that this is the 100th episode and we are doing the 100th episode giveaway. So all you need to do is rate and review the podcast, um, share the podcast into your stories with whatever you're vibing out on, whatever you want to say about it, your favorite episode, whatever it is, make sure to tag me, um, take screenshots of both and DM me, them to me or email them to my team at assistant at jocelynkellyreed.com. And you're able to receive 50% off any offer that you have not purchased yet, excluding, excluding Fempire and private coaching. So this is fucking huge. This opportunity is going to close on Monday, November 20th, 8 p.m. Eastern, hard stop. So make sure that you've entered. Make sure that you've joined us in Magnify Manifest Receive. Our first Q&A call is coming up on the 20th. This is the wealth energetics activation that you absolutely want to be part of. It is like the deep leaf. I don't even want to call it foundational because that makes it sound like it's like so, although entry level is like fucking good. We all need to be reminded of basics, but I'm going to call it foundational. It's like just such a fucking supportive space for you to actually deeply anchor the wealth energetics that, that are behind big client attraction, behind dissolving your fucking upper limit issues, behind opening up to money through desire over push, behind receiving inside your business fees. This program's the fucking shit. And it is so rich and it is so juicy and you have so much content to literally just come back to over and over and over and over and over for the duration of your career. You know, those times you're just like, Oh, like you're having a feeling you're having a moment and you just need to have here like that right riff on money or whatever it is. This is the kind of program that you're going to want to have access to for that for all time. So make sure you come join us on early bird or pop straight into the money bundle, which is going to give you magnify manifest receive overflow, and then all masterclasses between now and the close of overflow in Jan. So it's, and it'll save you a thousand dollars. So that's the fucking shit too. Right. And then I always want to remind you as well. I do have my six month membership, the revolution that's going to give you everything. 
all the existing signature programs and masterclasses, everything that's coming up new in 2024, literally over $14,000 of value just in the work that's already in there before even the new, the new offers, before the private podcast, the exclusive trainings, the monthly Q&A slash mastermind opportunities, before all of it. The just the programs and masterclasses alone, the value is over 14K. And you are able to join us for a fraction of that, including on up to a six month payment plan. So I would definitely jump into the revolution. It's really about deep business and money mastery on for every season of your career. It's just so important to have a space, to have spaces that you like legit call home and where you can actually master the work instead of like skimming over it and like jumping around like little bunny into 6,000 different things. It's like, it's going to give you this level of focus in a body of work that's actually just required for scaling to six figures, multi six figures, seven, multi seven and beyond. It's like, we've got to have mastery is not a joke. And I'm going to be able to get to know you through all of our like VIP coaching sessions that we're going to do all the different things and really know your business. And like, it's just, I mean, obviously for a lot of you who are in there now, I do know you already, (laughs) but no matter whether I do or not, I will get to know you very quickly in your business and your dreams and what you want to focus on and strengthen. And it's just such a fucking beautiful space. And our first Q&A call is coming up on November 30th. So you get to jump in now and be part of that and the beautiful community of women who've already joined. And I'm just, I'm loving it all. So your reminder as well, you're able to rate and review the show, DM your screenshot and receive $200 off any offer. This is separate than the giveaway. Um, so if for what, I don't know why you wouldn't participate in the giveaway, but <laughs> the $200 off offer is always there. The 50% off offer is not. So I would go ahead and prioritize the giveaway right now. And again, that's going to close on Monday, November 20th. Let me make sure the 20th is actually a Monday. Yes, it is. Monday, November 20th, 8 p.m. Eastern. So make sure to get your submissions and payments in by that time. All right. I love you so much and I'll be back soon. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the episode, I would love it if you'd leave a five-star rating and written review for the show. And if you can please share this podcast so that I can help more women, that would mean the world to me. Make sure you tag me on Instagram so I can say thank you and let's rise and change the world for all women together. If you want to work with me, head to my site, jocelynkellyreed.com or send me a DM and I'll be in touch. I'll see you on the next episode.